139, let's go to the NLT, Psalms 139, verse 16, I'm just going to continue a little bit on uh, Pastor Bakari's message that he began last Sunday, uh, you know, on Sunday mornings, you can hardly get everything you need from any one given service, I think he ministered for about 43 minutes. And it was a tremendous message. What did I say? Tremendous. Very uplifting, very encouraging, very empowering, very, very powerful. But in 43 minutes, there's no way you could have given us everything around that subject matter. It's not possible. And the same is true for any other topic we talk about. That's why we encourage you to come on Wednesday nights where we can really unpack what you hear on Sunday. So you can go away with some understanding and some keys, tools to help you live it out. Amen? Amen. Psalms 139 verse 16 in the NLT. Thank you very much, Reggie. Stay with me now, okay? Don't just tease me at the beginning. Stay with me. <laughs> you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Now, last Sunday, he used this subject, or rather the title, Your Story Did Not Begin With You. Now, how many of you guys are convinced that your story did not begin with you? Okay, some of us are convinced. The rest of us, we are still thinking about it. Well, that's, that's good. Look at the scriptures. You saw me before I was born. If he saw you before you were born, that means you existed before you were born. Yeah. Now, you must also understand that for him to see you before you were born carries a lot of implications. It means that God had an anticipation. You know, as parents, when a woman becomes pregnant, after a few weeks of going to uh, the doctor, what happens? They do what they call an ultrasound. Are you guys familiar with that? Okay, five people are familiar with that. The rest of you guys... I don't know where you guys are, if you believe in Mars or in the moon, but God will help you this morning. So they do an ultrasound. What does the ultrasound reveal? It reveals the gender of the baby. And immediately, the parents know what that gender is. What happens? They begin to anticipate. If it's a boy, they start buying boy's clothing and things for the boy. And the colors will be blue for the most part. Now, we live in a different world now. This is a... They are, they are getting very broad. You know, you believe. And if it's a girl, they begin to focus on pink and girly things. Why? There's an anticipation. Now, connect that to what God says about you. He said, he saw you before you were born. If as human parents, we can anticipate the child of a, boy, of a child, and based on that anticipation, begin to make preparations for the arrival. How much more our heavenly father? Amen? 
So God knew our genders before we go here. Now, let me just leave that alone right there. Don't let me go beyond that. Because a lot of us these days are getting confused about who we are on the gender issue. But God was, not, he was never confused about that. He knew. He saw you. And he anticipated. And as a result of that, prepared for arrival. But that's not all. The Bible also says every day of our life was recorded in his book. Every single day. The good days, the bad days, the not so good days, the tough days, the hard days, the wonderful days, every day of our lives recorded in this book. And that every moment was laid out before him. Every moment. In other words, there is nothing that will happen to you that will surprise heaven. Heaven will not be taken by surprise. Nothing. Why? Because every moment, not just every day or every week, every moment, every nanosecond, the Bible says it's all laid out before him before a single day passed. Now, the question we have to ask, given this incredible passage of scripture, on Acts 15, 18, where the Bible says, all eternity, that everything is known to God from eternity to eternity, everything. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, does this verse of scripture becomes true for every person that's living right now? You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was there before a single day had passed. Yes. The answer is yes. Yes. But the experiencing the good things God prepared for you and for me because if God knew us, saw us, wrote down our life before we ever got here, what do you think he wrote down? What did God write down for you, Mr. Uh, Greg? What do you think he wrote down for you? Bad things? He says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans of peace and not of evil. To bring you to an expected end. His thoughts towards us are all good. His plans for all of us are all good plans. Otherwise, he will not send you here. He saw you anticipated, just like every mother, every father has a child and you are dreaming. Oh, this one's going to be an engineer, a pilot, a lawyer, an accountant, IT specialist, doctor. All parents, I've never seen a parent that has a child say, Ah, oh, this one is going to be an arm robber. Does anybody know any parent like that? I mean, this one is going to be rebellious. Ah, rebellion will be decided to. No. All parents desire something good. Something that they can be proud of and say, this child will change destiny. It's a game changer, world changer. This child will be a blessing, a delight, and a pleasure. And that's the exact same thing God has for all of us. But what I'm saying to us this morning that we did not complete last Sunday is that the reality of that being lived out in every life is not so. 
In other words, what God wrote concerning all of us is true and good. But all of us do not go out and live out those truths or those good things. We should. Is that too deep? Everything that God has for us is good. Everything. Everything. But the reality is, he said something else on Sunday that I was used to address where I'm going, and that is, he said, if your life is God-given, your dream must be God-governed. If your life is God-given, then your dream must be God-governed. In other words, God cannot give your life or give a dream and you expect in your own carnal, fleshly self to accomplish what he gave. Do you guys understand what I'm saying this morning? If God gave it, and if he has a dream and a plan, then in order for that dream and plan to come to pass, God has to govern it. That's the only way that happens. Everything God saw before you were born, everything he wrote down before we came here, every moment that he recorded concerning us, God wants to see come to pass. But the only way that comes to pass is God has to govern or drive it. Amen? Amen. And I want you to know this morning, all of those things that God has for us, they are available. They are accessible. They are great possibilities. We just have to access them through the means that God has already ordained for us. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, give it to me in the New King James Version. 1 Corinthians 2. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or, or, or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. Go on. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. That's the key there. The prayer this morning, we prayed, we prayed a lot of time this morning at 10 o'clock about, about wisdom, the wisdom of God. So Paul is saying, what I'm telling you, what I'm giving you, did not come through human wisdom. In fact, we, well, okay, don't let me pause there. Let, let, let me move on, okay? But in dem demonstration of the spirit and of power, go on, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, a few verses he said, don't use human wisdom. Now he said to you, your faith should not be in the wisdom of men. Say wisdom of men. Wisdom. There is a wisdom of men. What you and I call common sense. But Paul is saying to you and to me this morning, if you are going to attain the God dream, the God given life, it will not be by using human or the wisdom that comes from man. Everything Pastor B said is right, correct, but I'm saying to you, in order for those things to become reality in our lives, 
We cannot use or we cannot have faith in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Go on, verse 6. Verse 6. Reggie, verse 6. Thank you, sir. <laughs> However, so now he's making a contrast. He's told, about, he's told us about human wisdom and the wisdom of men. Now he says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age. Do you see how much contrast is making with the wisdom of this age and human wisdom and the wisdom of men? Do you see how much emphasis is making? Yeah. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet, he reminds us again, not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to what? Nothing. Nada. Nothing. The wisdom of this age, human wisdom, the wisdom of men, they are coming to nothing. Verse 7. But, my goodness, this, see how much time is talking about wisdom? How many of you guys were in prayer this morning at 10 o'clock? Yeah. Ah, rest of you are still snoozing. God help you. Amen. God help you. God help you. But the emphasis this morning was wisdom. Okay? But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom. Is there any smart science, mathematician here that can count for me how many times Paul is talking about wisdom in this, in this passage? Can anybody just count that and give, you, give that to me? Yell it out later on. You see how many times he mentioned wisdom here? But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for who? For, his, for who? For our glory. Ah, no, 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 no. Please, please hear this this morning. It's ordained this wisdom. Before the ages. For who? For our glory. Translation. is ordained and hidden this wisdom before the ages so that you and I will know how to access and live out everything God is recording concerning us. It's already available. Verse 8. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. They didn't know about it. For had made known, they would not have crucified a lot of glory. Verse 9. But as it is written, eyes has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Notice prepared this in the past tense. It's not just preparing it. It's prepared. Everything you need. Every decision you have to make. Every choice you need to take. God has already prepared these things ahead of time. The reason we don't have them is because we're trying to access those things in, through the, using the wrong system. The system of the world. The wisdom of, of men. Our faith being in the faith or the, our faith being in the wisdom of men rather than the wisdom that comes from God. Okay? Look at verse 10. Thank you, Reggie. <laughs> but God has revealed them to us. How? Through his spirit. This is the complement part of the message from last Sunday. 
If you and I are going to live out what God has written, if we're going to see manifestation of the plans of God, the things is recorded concerning us, those things will have to be revealed by his spirit. There is no book big enough that God can write for every man, of, every one of us. By the time you finish writing one for Brad Charles and Retta and we're carrying Bibles in wheelbarrows. It becomes an encyclopedia. It's not possible. So God says, you know what? I'm going to make it simple. The direction for your life, the purpose for your life, the tools you need, the resources you need, every decision, decision you have to make, everywhere you have to go, I will download them to you by, by my spirit. Each one of you will know what to do, who to do it with, how to do it, but it will come by the spirit. He has revealed also in the past tense. It's not as if the Spirit of God has to go to Oxford University to get this information. He already has it. It has been, it will be, it has been, God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. Now Paul goes on to say, for the Spirit searches all things. Yes! The deep things of God. So the Holy Spirit becomes the uh, searching team that searches the heart of God. And so call, God, what do you want to do with Greg? And the Holy Spirit gets that information. And information is, is not available waiting for Greg to access it. But if Greg continues to go to this man, that woman, this uh, site, and that site, and never tries to access the Spirit of God, the information is available readily. But you have to contact the person who has the information for you. And I know that this is real and true. How do I know that? Question, how many days did Apostle Paul spend with Jesus in person? How many days? How many days did Paul walk with, talk with, eat with Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry? Zero. Zero. And this man wrote two thirds of the entire New Testament and had not spent one day in the earthly ministry with Jesus Christ. Not one day. did he get it? How did he get what he wrote down for us? He not only got it, he boasted about it. Made it abundantly clear that what he has written and what he has received did not come from man. But that he got it strictly by revelation. Say revelation. revelation. I'm not talking about revelation worker, please. Say he got it. Talk to me, please. Say he got it by revelation. Now, this is good news. If Paul can get it by revelation, you and I have the same Holy Spirit as Paul did. So if he received it by revelation, 
you and I are also eligible and can receive it by revelation. It's available. But we just never really set out to say, you know God, I want to know. I know how to access what's already available for us. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 3, you don't need to turn to it. The Bible says, in whom, referring to Jesus Christ, in whom is hid the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It is hidden, but where? In him, in Christ. Now, it is not hidden from us, but rather hidden for us. So God hides it for you and I. So we can go there and access what we need, get the information, and go out and leave it out. Are you following what I'm saying this morning? This is huge. Go to verse 11. Same scripture. Same passage. For what man knows the things of a, of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Why are we still reading Ebony Magazine to get direction? Or Fortune Magazine? Or Time Magazine? Or Newsweek? Or Google? Or Facebook? Or Yahoo? Did you hear? Did you see what the scripture says? No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So why are you wasting your time? There's a scripture in Romans 8 that's very popular that we use very, very frequently. And that scripture says, all things work together for good. Well, those who are called of God According, and for those who, are, who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. Do you all agree with that scripture? Yes, that all things work together for good? Yes. Answer me. Yes. Now, let me share something with you in this church. Don't just take any scripture and take it out of context. Now, that scripture is true. But only if you fulfill verse 14. It's not true if you don't leave verse 14, Romans 8, 14. What does Romans 8, 14 say? Put it up there. Romans 8, 14. For as many as led by the Spirit, there is none of God. If the Spirit of God is not leading you, all things don't work together for good. No! If the Spirit of God is not leading you, all things do not work together for good. You'll be out there on the left field by yourself. The only time when all things work together for good is because it's God led you into it. God initiated it. Is the Alpha on the Omega? 
is the beginning and the ending. And he understands that even though you get caught in the middle, because he started it, he has, already, he has a way out already. But if it came from the wisdom of man, if it's something that you, on your own, out of fleshly carnality, initiates, and you get hung, now, God is merciful. He can have mercy on us, deliver us in it, absolutely. He can turn our mess into a message. He does that. He's an expert in doing that. But I'm just telling you, you cannot take that verse of scripture by itself and keep on singing all things what you have for good. No! No! You've got to read these scriptures in context. Because it is only when you read it in context you get a full understanding of what he's trying to say. I mean, somebody just opened the scripture and says, uh, whatever you must do, go do it quickly. <laughs> what Jesus said to Judas. And so because, because you saw that in the Bible, you go find someone to betray. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. Or when Jesus told Peter, come walk on water. You go to Chattahoochee, you want to walk on water and just jump in the water? You drown so fast, the coast guy won't find you. Amen? Now, this is the good news. There is nothing God is asking you and I to do or how to live that he has not given us a template. Template. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 11. 1 Corinthians 10, 11. And remind you, I'm saying to you, the message from last week was good, valid, true, absolutely, but I'm just telling you that in this 40 minute, 45 minute time capsules, no one can adequately, completely address everything that needs to be said on any given message. Amen? So I'm saying to you that although God has recorded your entire life, he saw you before you were born and every moment was already uh, written before a single day passed. It is true. And all the things that God has for us are good things. No doubt about that. But for us to see the manifestation of those good things, we have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. We have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So in 1 Corinthians 10, 11, now all these things happen to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come what is he talking about God is saying to us if you want to know how I'm dealing with my church today look how I dealt with my church in the wilderness Acts 738 says Israel was the church in the wilderness so 1 Corinthians 10 is telling us Everything that happened with Israel were examples. God simply allowed them to act out what you and I will be living out. Did you get that? It was like drama. F drama on full display. Israel put together a drama that will point to the future, which is now, to show you and I how God intends to deal with this church. Did you get that? Good. 
That being said, now let's go to Numbers, Numbers chapter 9. Numbers chapter 9. Uh, Reggie, if you can help me out there. Give me verse 16. Ah, Reggie, you're on top of it, man. <laughs> so it was always the cloud covered by the day and the appearance of fire by night. What is the context? God told them, the Israelites, to build him a tabernacle. And when they built the tabernacle, when, it was, when, they, when they finally finished it and built it, the presence of God came and dwelt in that tabernacle. That presence of God, during the day, was like a cloud, and at night, it was like fire. So everyone in the camp, all the Israelites, wherever you are in the camp, could look at the tabernacle, you see a cloud of fire. And you knew that was the presence of God. Everybody knew that. Okay? Verse 17. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after that the children of Israel would journey. And in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel will pitch their tents. What is he saying? Remember, God delivered them out of Egypt and was taking them on a journey to the promised land. You guys remember that? So from Egypt to Canaan was 40 years. 40 years in which they moved from place to place to place to place to place. 42 times they moved from when they left Egypt until they arrived in Canaan. This is the question. How were they to know when to move? How, how did they know when to move from one place to the next place? Remember, none of them had ever lived in the wilderness. Remember, they did not have Google GPS. The wilderness was not a friendly place. No. And yet, they were to travel for 40 years, men, women, children, and cattle, and animals, and all that stuff. God was taking them on a journey, and God said, you know what? I am the one that initiated your deliverance from Egypt. Yes. You did not ask me. I am the one that promised you Canaan. Yes. The idea originated with me. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I began it, I'll finish it. But not only that, I'm the in-between. So for these people who were not experienced in God, God said, okay, this is what we're going to do. Just watch the tabernacle. The place of my dwelling. When the cloud lift, everybody We'll be able to see the cloud has lifted. What does that mean? Start packing your goods. Get your TV. Get your radio. Get your pots and pans. It's, God is about to move. Everybody in the camp knows it's time to go. And once they get their stuff packed, the cloud starts to move. That's how they know the direction in which they are going. If you were to ask them, where are you going, man? Oh, we don't know. We're just following the cloud. 
And once the clouds stop, they know it's time to stop. They unpack again. Watch this. Read the next verse. At the command of the Lord, their children of Israel will journey. Right. And at the command of the Lord, they will camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained encamped. Next verse. Even when the cloud continued long, who determined how long? God. And when the cloud continued long, many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the child of the Lord and did not what? Journey. Next verse. So it was when the cloud was above the tabernacle a few days, according to the command of the Lord, they will remain encamped. And according to the command of the Lord, they will journey. Next verse. So it was, listen to this, when the cloud remained only from evening to morning, when the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they will journey. Whether by day or by night, Whenever the cloud was taken up, they would join him. One more verse. Whether it was two days, a month, or a year that the cloud remained above the tabernacle, the children of Israel will remain and come and not journey. But when it was taken up, they will journey. Did you see that? So who controlled the movement in Israel? Who wants to control the movement in your life? It's so simple. Just picture your mind. You are a family. Brother Charles, Henrietta. You sit down to eat dinner. And you look up and the cloud is moving. And your son likes the ice cream, the ice cream he's eating. But you know the cloud is moving. What are you going to do? It's at the back. Your son is asking, ah, Daddy, I like this ice cream. Can I just finish? Oh, no, you can't. We're going to go. There's a sense of urgency. Everybody understood. Everybody. Everybody. The movement in the camp was not as a result of convenience. So today when you and I are making decisions, what factors in? The comfort. The convenience. The outcome I desire. And God is saying, all of those things are the wisdom of man. It will come to nothing. If you are going to experience Psalms 139 verse 16, you and I must become intimately, intimately aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way it's going to happen. Otherwise, you read Kenneth Copeland's testimony. You read Crefodella's testimony. You read my testimony. You read your neighbor's testimony. And this success, this life of victory will elude you. The only way you attain it is you must be immersed in the Holy Spirit. There's no other way. If anybody told you there was any other way, they are lying. In John chapter 16, Jesus the master, he looks at his disciple in verse 12. 
he looks at them and says, ah, I have so many more things to share with you. But you're not able to bear them. John 16 verse 12, put it up there. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. If I share with you what I have in mind for you, it will blow your mind. I can't share them with you now. You are not capable of receiving them. That's what Jesus said. You are not matured enough. If I told you I'm going to give you an airplane and you're just riding a bicycle now, how can you ever process that? How can you ever process that? If you went and woke up my grandfather from the grave that's died God knows how many years ago, 100 years ago, however many years ago, and you told him on the phone you can press a button and, and your door will open. You can, be, you, can be in, you can be here in Atlanta and, 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 and check your house that's in, that's in Dallas to see if anybody is inside the house. I said, what? What kind of witchcraft is that? <laughs> because in that generation, they cannot see that far. Because they are limited by man's wisdom. They are limited by man's faith. That's why the Bible says, eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither has he entered into the house of men. These things that God has prepared. So Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you. Now, isn't this amazing? He's talking to Peter, John, James, Matthew. All of these guys have been with him for three years. And every time he does one miracle, they say, ah, oh, master, this is wonderful. Until the next one. And they say, no, we don't believe. Then he will do it again. He says, ah, this is great. Until the next miracle. I mean, these guys, they were forever learning but never coming to the knowledge of who God was. Never coming to the knowledge. So Jesus said, you know what? I'll just pack you guys. I won't, listen, I'm, I'm not going to give you any more than you can be responsible for. Because of whom much is given, much is required. I'm waiting for Paul to come, to show up. Give me verse 13. John 16, 13. However, so he says to them, I can't tell you a lot of things now because you're not able to buy it. So now he prepares us for how he's going to give us this information. However, when he, so you know this is a person. It's a person, the Holy Spirit. When he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. All truth. Not just some of it. All truth. For he will not speak of his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. Where is he hearing from? From the Godhead. Yeah. Well, the Father and the Son have already purpose concerning you. Right. He will hear it as, ah, Greg, I can't keep this from you. Yes. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And, this last part, he will tell you things to come. Yeah. You want to know about your future? Don't go to the soothsayer. Stop reading the horoscope. They themselves need help. He, the Spirit of God, will tell you things to come. Why is he not telling us? We are not speaking to him. 
He's not telling us because we are not there. We're not available. We don't have time for him. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. And I begin to say today's Falcons Day. I understand that God is competing with the Falcons today. But you must understand the reason for your existence. You must understand the reason you are here. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. For thou was created. And he created all things. How? What? For his pleasure. In the original King James Version. Give me the original King James. 4.11. Revelation 4.11. Thou worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created how many things? Ah, oh, no, maybe, maybe just only your cars. All things. And for what? Thy pleasure. They are and were created. So if you ever want to know the reason for which you are breathing right now, it's for, it's for the pleasure of God. So you must ask yourself the question, are you bringing him pleasure? I know you're born again, you're going to heaven, you're under grace, I understand that, but I'm saying to you, are you, can God boast on us and say, ah, man, when I look down there, I have pleasure in Greg, I have pleasure in bank. Pleasure, delight, excitement. Ah, I have some people there. If you go to Chicago, yes, 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 you, you, you see my people, you see my tribes band there. They are there. They are waiting for you. They will be a blessing to you. We were created first and foremost. No, 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 no. Not to evangelize. No, no. Not for missions. No, no. Not to get a wife, a husband, a car, a house. No. All those things are good. But if you are getting and doing them outside of being his pleasure, you are a failure. We must put everything in perspective. Now, you understand I'm not saying evangelism is wrong. No. I'm not saying missions is wrong. No. I'm just saying to you, what gives God's pleasure? It's not what you do. No. It's who you be. What gives him pleasure is not your work, but your walk. W-A-L-K. It's not what you do with your hands. Works. No, that does not move him. What did he say in Matthew chapter 7? You prophesy my name. You cast out demons in my name. He said, depart from me, you walk out of iniquity. I never knew you. What? What? I'm casting out demons, you don't know me? Hell knows me. Well, I don't know you. Why? Because if your life is not giving him pleasure, all those things don't matter. They don't matter. Those guys came back, man. They said, Jesus, demons were subject to us in your name. My God, I have a new title, demon chaser. And Jesus said, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice in that your name is written in the book of life. 
pleasure. Matthew chapter 4, 7, I believe it was. Don't go there necessarily. Jesus was being baptized at Jordan River. The heavens opened up. And God spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Pleased. That's in what? Pleasure and please. So what pleased God with Jesus? He had not taught in the synagogue. He had not taught one lesson. Not one. He had not opened no blind eye. No, he has not healed any sick. And God said, I'm well pleased with him. Same thing was repeated in Matthew chapter 17. It was said in Luke chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 2. Refaster it again. So what I'm saying to us is, what pleases God with us is not what we do for him, but who we are in him. God wants fellowship. He wants fellowship. He wants fellowship. Your spouses, they are not pleased with you just because you pay the rent. Or because you just pay the mortgage and put food on the table. No. But when you have a relationship with your spouse or with your children, that's where the pleasure is. Because the memories of your time together is what carries you, not the mortgage that was paid. I cannot tell you how much my father paid for my school fees. I can't remember. He paid school fees, he paid tuitions, but I can't remember that. But I remember the time we spent together. I'm talking now of my human father, my biological, human, physical father. The things we did together, the times we share together, the memories we share together, that's what I keep. Not the receipt of how much tuition fees he paid. No, no child keep. Ask your children. Get home and ask your children how much you pay for their school fees. See if they remember. But they can tell you the last time you took them to the ice cream shop. They can tell you the last time you did something together that they enjoyed. And God is calling out to you and I this morning. He wants to fellowship. Because for Israel, it was a physical representation of the cloud on the fire that they had to physically look at and follow. But now, that cloud on fire is in us. It's not just dwelling among us, it's dwelling in us. We carry that fire and that pillar in us now. And he says, I'm here. Talk to me. Amen? Amen. Let me just leave it there. Again, like I said, any 40-minute message, 45 cannot finish. So this, it's not finished. That's why you have to come on Wednesday night. Because now you need to get the key. How now do you finish with the Holy Spirit? Amen. You need to know. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you because you know, we know your thoughts towards us. Thoughts of peace are not of evil. To bring us to our expected end. We have no doubt of your goodness towards us. We have no doubt. As Pastor Larry ministered there a few weeks ago, the issue is the misconnect between what you promise what you purpose and our ability to believe and receive it. And so, Lord God, this morning, once again, we pray for us, for you to help us bridge that gap. Help us not to be careless and negligent in fellowshipping and craving the presence of your spirit 
You made it easy for us. We are not like Israel. We don't have to look into the sky to see. Because now you reside in us. You are inside of us. You said, in, you said to us in your word that the Christ in us is the hope of glory. Yes. And so Father God, this morning, we repent of the easiness of pursuing human wisdom. Wisdom that comes from the earth that you yourself said amounts to absolutely nothing. We repent of that. Which means we change our mind. We change our mind. We tap into the resources you have available for us in Christ. Resources that you said is hidden for us. Treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so Father God, we receive your wisdom now. Teach us, show us how to tap into your plan concerning us. We thank you, Father, for every man, every woman, every child under the sound of our voice that will tap into you. We will no longer continue to swim against the flow through our own self-effort, human effort, when you have everything already prepared for us. And so we receive your help. We thank you for it. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you this morning. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you just hover over everyone here right now. Brood over their hearts. Blow upon them the freshness of your presence. Let there be a new desire among us and within us to embrace who you are and to pursue you, Lord God. You said in your word that those of us that do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And so, Lord, I pray. Thank you for giving us the appetite, the desire to pursue you. Like David of old, this one thing do I desire. Only one thing, Lord, not two. Make that our goal this morning. One thing only, your presence, your presence, your presence. I say, Father God, thank you. I thank you for your presence among us. I bless you this morning, Lord. Thank you, Papa. Your honor will bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Abigail, come here, girl. Come, come, come.